Hi, I'm Noah Nelson, host of the No Persinium podcast, a show about immersive theater, VR, escape games, and all that kind of stuff. But this isn't that. While we're hosting this bonus series on our podcast feed, this is a show all about the 2017 DuckTales TV series. It features our longtime collaborator, writer Zay Amsbury, and myself as we dive into the treasure trove that is the DuckTales reboot. We're calling it Webbed Toes, the DuckTales footnotes. This is a show for people who have seen or are watching the series, an exploration of theme and storytelling, and it goes all over the place. Which makes sense when you realize we started doing this to replace our weekly Westworld discussion, which ran out of gas as season three rolled on. So yeah, this is one of those shows. And if you like those, we hope you like this. And you should really, really watch this version of DuckTales. say life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's Duckblur. A couple of weeks ago, I watched the reboot of DuckTales. Um, for the first time since 2017, I had seen the pilot episode, uh, which was released as a two-part, well, it was released two episodes now, it was released uh, for free to anyone online under the title DuckTales Woo, uh, which I admittedly thought was really <laughs> stupid. Uh, and it featured, you know, famous people in the cast. David Tennant is the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Um, you know, Danny Pudi plays Huey. Beck Bennett of Saturday Night Live is Launchpad McQuack. Kate Magucci of... Um, uh, Oh, what's an oats? I can't remember. She's she's part of a comedy duo. Uh, anyway, lots of lots of names, and I'm not a big fan of like the let's get famous people to do animation thing. Like I I like my obscure people as voices, and it was okay. Um, and and uh, I I kind of gave up on it because I didn't have Disney XD, and then a few weeks ago because of lockdown. A few weeks ago when we were recording this, who knows when it gets released. Um, I, uh, I decided to uh, catch up with it because I saw a post about how in season three, Goofy shows up and someone was waxing poetic about some ship stuff in Goof Troop that must now be true. And it also contradicts the Goof Troop movie. I was never into Goof Troop, but the fact that they've spent so much time in this series kind of paying homage to the Disney afternoon stuff. Uh, Chip and Dale, the rescue rangers, are supposed to show up. And all this other nonsense that I decided to give the 2017 DuckTales another chance. And now I am of the firm conviction that the 2017 DuckTales is the finest writing on American television in the later half of the 20-teens and is the one true bright spot moving forward into 2020. Indeed, when I'm asked in immersive shows online these days about, you know, 
what I'm living for or what joy there is or any of the any of the moments where the, it feels like the performer is searching for some glimmer of hope or sign that I'm not going to do some self-harm to go really dark. My one answer that I don't actually give is I live for DuckTales. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. And I have become an evangelist for it. And indeed, I have talked our friend Zay. Hi, Zay. Hey, now. Into joining me uh, on what is his first watch and my rewatch of the first season of DuckTales. Woo-woo. Zay, um, that's the preamble for the show, the whole thing. Uh, we may... It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it worked well. It was extemporaneous. It felt, yeah. it felt written, but it wasn't. Um, I like it when that happens. Uh, how's, how's Duckburg treating you? And, and how far have you gotten so far? So I have only watched the first three episodes. And because I was warned by you beforehand, I understood that on Disney Plus, episodes four and five are, in fact, the first two episodes in the show. Yes. So I saw Woo Woo, which, unlike you, I saw and thought was adorbs. And... The uh, the second episode, which is Escape to Slash from Atlantis, and the third ep- and then the first episode, which is the third episode, which is Day Trip of Doom. Yes. And then, out of a powerful curiosity, I managed to find and watch the first episode of the original 1987 series mm. out of profound curiosity. So those that, are the things I have watched. That's fantastic. Uh, in my rewatch, I just today cleared episode. Uh, I cleared four and five, which is the real one okay. too. I love that it's in machete order. <laughs> <laughs> it forces you into machete order. It's the proper. You go four, five, one, two, three, six, just like you should with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> sometimes I think it's a meta joke. Disney Plus is a mess, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, and then I I caught the second episode as well, um, which I I will I will refrain from. But I am very eager to talk to you about. But at the same time, I'm also there are parts of it that I like. I don't want to tip because as I'm rewatching, I am I am seeing how much is being set up just ambiently, and so I. Yeah, I have to say that's probably good, and it's probably good that you framed yourself as the evangelist because where I am right now is, I am at, I am at, this is this is very competent. I am not at this is bringing all the joy to my world. Um, there are a few things that surprised me, and there are a few things that. Um, uh, I enjoyed a great deal more than I, or things that I enjoyed that I didn't know that I would enjoy. And there's definitely, at least in the episodes that I saw, a real big heartedness. I, I was describing DuckTales to my partner, and she, who is not susceptible to sentimentality or saccharine sweetness in any form of storytelling, asked me, um, is, it, is, it, is it too sweet or is it too nice? And at least in the episodes I've seen, the thing that balances out for me 
is how just very, very competently done the whole thing is. Yeah. There's, there's that competence. And then I think as we go on, you know, there, it's funny you should mention that, um, you, you went back and watched the first episode of the original show. Now, all of this stuff is based off uh, the old Carl Barks stories, the Uncle Scrooge stories and the, mm-hmm. the you know, comics. And that those are held as some of the greatest comic book storytelling full stop. Um, I remember when they did, they released like a big collection of that, like in the 80s, 90s. And, you know, George Lucas wrote the foreword to that. Right. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's super. The Barks Scrooge stories are, in, aside from just being influential on DuckTales, they're just influential on, on cartooning. But what was interesting was one thing that's interesting is that visually, the 80s cartoon is very much an 80s cartoon, right? There's a, there's a mm-hmm. softness to it. Um, yeah. uh, it's, got, it's got a very definitive, kind of like mushy at times look still distinct, but like in the milieu of what Disney, particularly character Disney was in the mid eighties into the nineties and, and indeed like, you know, fully definitional, like, like, you know, things kept rolling past DuckTales and there were things on the Disney channel and all of it had a a particular in-house look that was a step above your, your typical, you know, weekday fair. It, it was way better than what Filmation was doing. It was better than what Sunbow was doing with G.I. Joe and Transformers. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, very, very plush because they were selling plush toys, right? Um, and the look of this DuckTales is very much an homage to the Barks, uh, even though it, I think, you know, story-wise at points really deviates from some of the some of the 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 plot type stuff that was in there but i think Mm -hmm. like spirit wise other than the boys and i think the boys are interesting but i decided very interesting yeah i decided to like watch an episode because i i got to the episode in this series um where goldie uh shows up um Mm -hmm. and goldie of course being scrooge's great you know lost love and it was it was not the story I remembered, so I decided to go back and like you know watch the the original, which was it's which was an adaptation of the Barks cartoons, and I was struck by uh, it was still super enjoyable, but I was so struck by like the looks of the characters and like the fact that like in that show the boys were basically interchangeable at least in that episode that I saw. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't, they didn't really have distinct feeling personalities. Webby's design, uh, I found almost repulsive, (laughs) like, like just like disturbing even. Um, and like Scrooge is wearing, you know, uh, wears a different outfit. Um, uh, and his outfit, I think in this is a lot closer to what he wears in the comic books. Well, one thing that's interesting about um, the the first episode of the original series that I saw, the the uh, Huey and Dewey 
definitely seem to have pretty interchangeable personalities. But Louis, the the green one who yeah. um, is framed as sort of the young one or the third one in the in this series, uh, he he's he's sort of like the um, the the conniving one or the or the more amoral one or the one who's willing to more willing to lie and more Webby, willing to um... Webby asks them which one's the evil triplet. Yes, and exactly. Huey and Dewey go Louie, and he's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> now, now, weirdly, that personality is in the original series when when Scrooge McDuck first meets or in the show when he first talks to the three boys um one of the first things he does is he at, he, is he gives them a uh i forget where it is but he tells them not to do something mm-hmm. and each one of them says yes uncle scrooge huey says yes uncle, uncle scrooge and dewey says yes uncle scrooge and louis says yes no oh yes or no uncle scrooge um and he is deaf he's the one who is the who is willing to skirt the rules even in the original series interesting I mean, it's been long enough that I can't remember. And aside from that one episode I saw where they felt really interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose if I like watched more of the old one, I'd probably start to see. And it wouldn't surprise me that in the old Barks car- comics, which I haven't read, that's one thing is like, you know, they didn't have the money in those days I- to like grab that one. Um, if they didn't, if they, they might have, you know, those, those personalities. And I didn't do a Wikipedia dive and try to like figure out, you know, how well, well one, does it One thing on. that I had completely forgotten is that Scrooge McDuck, and I, this is clearly the thing that one should remember, is that Scrooge McDuck is an adventurer. He has this, this history of being an adventurer. And in the original series, um, that's something you sort of discover throughout the course of the of the episode whereas in in the 2017 series the fact that he is an adventurer is like how his personality is presented at the outset so like in the old series the first time you meet him he's uh he's walking down the street and someone offers him um uh someone offers him a uh, a taste of a, they're doing like like cheese samplers huh. and they offer him a cheese sampler and he says well is it is it free and she says yes and he says may i take more than one and she says yes and he takes all of the cheese yeah and then later in the episode when the boys show up they ask him what's for lunch and he says mostly cheese yeah so like his his scroogishness um is what's really really fronted but then he turns out to be an adventurer whereas in the original series, the fact that he is an adventurer, even though he's sort of retired and he sort of takes up that adventuring mantle throughout the course of the first two episodes, again, because of the boys, um, that he is an adventurer is something that is understood about him by the boys from the outset. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 there's an, there's some, you know, there's an essentialism, that's the wrong word. They, in part because they're, working with fewer episodes and they're not yeah there were 65 episodes in the first season of the 87 series yeah yeah and that would have represented you know what a like literally a season of television right like three yeah. three months and change right yeah. 20 yeah yeah 20 episodes a month you know so like three yeah 
three episodes, yeah, three months, you know, enough to yeah. get you through the fall. Um, so, and here there's like 23 or 24, maybe 25 episodes for the entire season. And it's, it's super efficient storytelling and they, oh, it's, they, it's clear. Hmm? It's really elegant. Yeah. And like it, they, they really want to get like, there's some, there's some stories that they really want to tell. And, you know, one of the things that I got on, on this, on this you know, third watch of the first episode was just, you know, they're, they're doing the thing of here's a moment that's just feels like a character moment. And, you know, um, like a, like a character moment between Donald and Scrooge. And it turns out that's actually the tipping off point for something that they're going to keep coming back to. Yeah. And, um, but it's not, they don't drop a spotlight on it. Right. Like that's what I love is like, they're not, they don't go slow motion. They don't drop a spotlight. They don't treat it like it's exposition even though it's literally the most important thing. It's the key to everything. And it's done as a throwaway bit of emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a moment of frustration. And my God, but that's that's so fantastic. Um, And yeah, actually, I just put something else together because of because of where I'm at in when, when we when we get to the next episode, I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll flag something. I, I just realized something as I was going over that. <laughs> um, and one, one thing that oh go go for it. No, no, please you. Well, I mean, this is a this is a, a, a slightly switching topics. Oh, please. Um, the thing that really blew my mind. And the thing that the first thing that made me really laugh out loud is Donald. I think that as a theater kid, as a nerd, as a weird kid, when people say, who's your favorite Disney character? My knee jerk reaction is goofy. Mm. But watching this made me realize how much when I was very little, I connected to Donald yeah. and how like, he's just, he's just so, He's just so funny. And I love how over the course of the first two episodes, his relationship to 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 anger, how it's always sort of barely controlled and he can never and he's he's always his frustration is always just about to boil over and and um and cause some sort of problem. And then when you get to the third episode and the um I forget her name, but the 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 woman who is who is not the maid uh who Beacon. i imagine we'll get more Beacon. of her backstory later yeah yeah um when the, not the that, secretary that she is the maid she, the secretary she's, she's right. the major right. yeah she's the major domo but she is not your secretary that's right that's right yeah um the sequence where she's watching through the window as donald oh is dealing God. with all of those different cans of gasoline and his yep. boat Yep. is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But then it's his anger that allows him to show her that he has some competence in a true moment of 
wonderful character irony. I know. And it I just appreciated it so much. Well, and that and that moment on the boat, I mean, it's the, such a pure Donald Duck moment. It's so and, Donald Duck. Yeah. And like that Donald was always something mostly missing from the original DuckTales because yeah. of corporate mandate. Like I believe he shows up at the beginning and it's like all I, I do not have a Donald Duck impression, so I will not try because that is a very specific skill. Uh, it's too and, amazing. Yeah, and so he he hands he hands the boys over to Scrooge, and like that's it, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then it's just like, oh nope, you can't have Donald Duck. He's too important. He needs to be in like a movie, and then they don't put him in a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very telling that like Quack Pack, which I never watched, uh, which was a Disney. Uh, channel cartoon you know donald comes back round and the boys are teenagers which just sounds like a terrible idea Ugh. um yeah it's on there it's on d Pl- this is all on disney plus by the way uh sure <laughs> for six dollars a month you can see any of this shit um but like yeah like that donald's a presence and and this this fact that he is he is a great character right yeah. like i'm having the same experience where i'm just like Oh, I don't remember loving Donald Duck and yeah. and thinking about, you know, particularly because like, you know, we didn't get a lot of Donald Duck. Like that was a problem growing up and not having cable as a kid is that the Disney stuff was on the Disney channel. And but all the Warner Brothers stuff, the Looney Tunes, that was just on ABC Saturday morning. Ironically enough, now this, you know, now that, you know, ABC is owned by Disney, but like, you know, the Bugs and Daffy hour was you know like i don't know 9 a.m or 10 a.m on saturday mornings and it was the same Uh six the same 13 cartoons rotated over a three-week cycle but they were the greatest cartoons ever made you know it was you know every three weeks you got to see what's opera doc you know and there was another roadrunner cartoon and there was hunting season you know and just becoming enamored of Daffy Duck and thinking that Donald Duck was like, you know, whatever knockoff because you're a child and you don't know. Right. And then here having Donald and just, just having this pure, I mean, he's rage, he's id, uh, and it's both Uh his worst quality, but also in that moment with the Beagle Boys, it's his best quality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that she recognizes it. Yeah. It also really sells that moment. Yeah. No, and there's there's this there's this um like somehow the show managed to do and I think it has something to do with the fact that like you know I've noticed and I, I this is one of the ways I think I sold it to you weirdly enough. Uh I've noted that like every episode has the story credit is by the entire freaking writer's room. Right? Interesting. Um yeah, like like check your next episode. You'll see this this Screenplay will be by one or two people, but the story uh-huh. credit has like nine, right? Like the room is crediting itself. Wow. And, uh, you know, they'll take a moment, like at the beginning of that episode, episode, th- you know, three, you know, because, um, you know, Scrooge calls for a house meeting. Uh, and, and in a perfectly Scrooge moment, he's like, rule number one, my space is my space. You know, my library, my bathroom, my this. Rule number two, 
refer to Beakley for all the other rules. Goodbye. And he just leaves, yes. right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, like, I'm done. You know, I've said what I've said you need to say. And Beakley's like, ah, here are my rules. And they're very detailed. And she and yes. Donald start getting into it. And the kids are like, are they going to kiss? Ew. <laughs> and you're like, wait, are they? And then like, no, no, that's not where it goes. But like, somehow that moment manages to be arch self-aware in a strange way and yet natural i don't it's like a magic trick what they're doing with with and i feel it's because it's it's character action right like yeah it's all it's all character it's all character it's and it's so elegantly done i mean one of and the watching that first episode of the original series really highlight some of these things for me so uh, like one of them is the um the the legendary scrooge mcduck swimming in money thing yes the way that is presented in the uh the first episode of the original series is it it's it's his greed it's his vanity it's him um it happens it's the first time you see him or one of the first times you see him is diving into the money swimming around and it's him just smogging it up full full bore um but in the in this series the first time you hear about the swimming in money it's it's a legend that the that the boys or that the brothers are attaching to him and then when you actually see him swim in money it's the way he saves himself at the pinnacle of one of his adventures and it's I mean, one of the things that blows my mind about how they are presenting Scrooge McDuck is that you you buy him as a hero, even in this moment that we're living through, which is, wow, late stage capitalism really kills everyone all the time. Look at all of this happening right now. And and here in this cartoon is a the richest duck in the world, and I'm buying him as an adventurer. And... They sort of do it in the original series, but in this series, they really, really, really pull it off. And part of it is that his wealth is framed as coming through adventuring as opposed to um, uh, capital manipulation, which which makes him this rich guy who became rich by being Indiana Jones, but, you know, not quite taking it to a museum, you know? Right, right. He, 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 he earned all that. He stole it properly. He stole it. mm, He stole it himself. He didn't have other people steal it for him. Right. Like Scrooge gets his hands dirty and he values hard work, but he values smart work even more. Right. Um, And I think there there's, and you know, as the show will go on, you know, obviously, right from the start, you know, Glomgold's established, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who's <laughs> who wants to be the world's favorite billionaire, Scottish billionaire yeah. duck, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is just a, which Look, is just man, a wonderful. You you cannot achieve goals if you don't make them specific. Right? And 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 Flintheart Glomgold has a very very specific goal, <laughs> and there's there's gonna be other villains who are also motivated by, you know, riches and greed. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
and I mean, yeah, it's, it is, it is definitely funny. I mean, like I posted up that I was watching it and like, you know, one of my friends was like, you know, like, oh, when do the boys guillotine their uncle? And I'm just like, okay, look, I exactly. get billionaires bad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Scrooge McDuck, you know, Scrooge's, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like with Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark, right? Like it's the hope that somewhere out there, one of these rich guys, you know, the only reason why they're not saving the, the only reason why they're not like fixing the, the deep structural problems of the world is they are too busy, you know, fighting a gold eating dragon who's trying to eat all their money. Right. Or, <laughs> or, you know, something of that nature. Um, they are self-absorbed, but they've, they've got, you know, an unlimited supply of death curses on them. So they're, they're a little mm-hmm. preoccupied. Um, and just, you know, I mean, look, when we do have billionaires who try and do some good, like Bill Gates, uh, they get massive conspiracy theories thrown up around them about how they're the real right. source of all the evil, right? So, um, you know, billionaires shouldn't exist, but if billionaires are going to exist, I'd prefer that they were Scrooge McDuck. Even For more real. than, than, than Tony real. Stark or, or, or Bruce Wayne. Um, and and I think it's a, it's, it's a tribute to how clearly defined Scrooge McDuck is that while listening to David Tennant go just, I mean, uh, just as Scottish as any human mouth can possibly get and not see him as, Oh, it's the, it's the retired, it's the retired doctor show. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. Cause like when I first watched it, I could hear, when I first saw the show a couple of years ago, I could hear him so clearly it bugged me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I watched it again for the first time a few weeks ago, like I still heard him, but I stopped seeing him voicing it. You know, I understand. I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And then now that I've watched the entirety of the first season, I just hear Scrooge. Um, I, I will say my one fun Oh, I know that voice was watching the first episode of the 1987 series. The antagonist is a character named El Capitan. I heard that voice and I thought, wow, who is that voice? And it turns out that it was voiced by Jim Cummings. Mm, yep. Yep. Who, of course, is Winnie the Pooh and the Tasmanian Devil and Hondo. And it was just, I don't know, it was nice. Oh, wait, was nice. Jim Cummings and Hondo? Yes, Jim Cummings is Hondo. Oh my god. And isn't you didn't he also know that? isn't he also Darkwing Duck? Yes, he's Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I did not know that he was Hondo. He's Hondo. Wow. He's No wonder I like that character. Right? Oh my god. See, it's so it's so funny how that is. Right? Yeah. Um oh, that just that that I mean, there's there's so much to getting the right talent into into a role, right? You know, uh-huh. um, it's why when like a great role and a great actor meet up, it's just it's bliss. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's funny. He's I believe he does he does some voices in uh, in this show. Um, uh, he does. He yeah. does, and. And he, he does. 
I, I looked it up and I, I think um, the voices that he does are a bit of a spoiler for how strange this show seems to get. So I'm just going to hold off on uh, yeah. saying well, those uh, names. The show, the show gets, well, I mean, you know, it's actually, it was a selling point for me because like when they came around and they were announcing, I remember at Comic-Con last year, I saw, uh, you saw the news coming out and like they put out the character poster for season three and mm. it was like, hey, remember all those characters you loved from... Disney afternoon. Yeah, we're going to put them all into DuckTales season three. And I was uh -huh. just like, oh, my God. And I think and I haven't seen this episode, but like one of the things on there is like so they they do in season three. I haven't seen it, but I know they do like they catch up with um, they, they catch up with life in, in, in Cape Suzette. And mind you, Cape Suzette gets mentioned mm. first episode. And mm -hmm. so you meet, um, so Kit Cloud Kicker, who's the sidekick in Tailspin, has grown mm -hmm. up and he looks like Baloo a bit, <laughs> but not. So it's Kit, Kit's coloration, but, and Kit's hat and Kit, you know, riding his, you know, skyboard, but he's got uh -huh. Baloo's weight problem. <laughs> He's like, he is a big old blue bear. Um, and I'm like, wow, he grew up to be his idol, you know? Um, that's that's cool. And just knowing that, like, yeah, that entire world kind of exists in a real way. And that's, that's it, it has that feeling of this is how we imagined it was when we were kids, right? Uh-huh. Um, but for whatever reason, like, you know, they didn't like all that stuff where you want to watch these characters interact, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, now all this time later, yes, they're going to give that to us. Um, but they're also well, like giving us, they're giving us so well, much is, more. Well, this is one thing that I'm, I'm excited to, to experience. Cause one of the things I remember one of the transitions for me out of childhood shows and into grown-up shows can be exactly defined by the difference between memories of these cartoons. Like, I have no sense of storylines in in the first DuckTales series, any more than I have memories of storylines in Looney Tunes, you know, which are sort of like at the edges of my childhood memory. Yeah. I don't even really have memories of storylines. Like... I sort of in G.I. Joe, but not really a bit more in Transformers. But but it was all just this sort of standing now, like this just story that was happening. It was more like a, a myth or a folktale that just sort of happened in this one yeah. uh, uh, space. And, and then did, Robotech and they... happened. Oh, God. And yeah. it just like, oh, this person can die and not come back, which means we have to move forward. I don't. How is that? And it was just I mean, it was I mean. It was as shocking as the process of puberty that that time could move forward in these fictional universes, you know? Oh, yeah. And well, I'm curious to see, like, these feelings that this new series of DuckTales elicits, um, how they move forward in something that seems a little more structured and is meant to move forward as every TV show in a post-lost Netflix world has to. Well, and that was one of the things 
as I was digging around trying to find like the Goldie episode of the original and also being reminded of things like the existence of Bubba Duck, which I did not want to remember existed. Uh, and, and then the existence of, um, you know, Gizmo Duck, which I was happy to know existed, um, or to remember and, and seeing that they actually, they would do arcs, they would do. And, and this was something that was, you know, common in like somewhat common in, 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 in our youth. And it started with GI Joe because GI Joe, you know, the was first a mini series and it was like, here are these five episodes. We're going to run one a day and, or maybe it was even just four episodes. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they like either gave the shows to the TV show stations and then like bought a bunch of ads or all the, all the different ways to do it. Cause it was all designed to sell toys. And we right. bought them. Oh boy, did we buy them? Um, yeah, and that's true. That was the version of things moving forward. Was when there was a new character, when an old character had a new outfit. Exactly, they would do a mini or a new piece of technology. Yeah, and they wanted to introduce the new toy line. I mean, yeah. famously, Transformers the movie, which you know killed Optimus Prime, was just a mm-hmm. cynical move to like clear out the old toy line, bring in the new. And they like they they always said like oh we didn't realize what we were doing and then we found out we traumatized all these children, um, <laughs> and like we we were we were just told to to get make room for the eighty six line, <laughs> you know like we've got these new designs they don't match they don't match the old ones clear them out we've got new molds in the in the factory, um, but like yeah I mean because Robotech which famously was you know, dog welded together between three mm. different shows. Macross, right. um, oh, Genesis Climber, Mosapeta, I think was the third one. And then I can't remember the, the middle one, what the actual name was. Um, Nobody but, remembers the middle one. Yeah, I mean, the middle one was, in, to us, was called Robotech Masters or was like Southern Cross, but like it had a Southern Cross was yeah. the one we got. Yeah, like it was, it was called... I think it's Japanese name was something different. I don't know. I do. I occasionally go on deep dives of Robotech and actually right now the Robotech comic book, Robotech comic book did an interesting thing. Um, no. What? Are you going to make me read a Robotech comic book? Um, no, maybe, no, maybe, maybe no, no, maybe. Um, <laughs> so like this, this was, this was funky. Cause like, Um, Now, number one, quick ad, do not buy any of this stuff. What you do is you get yourself access to Hoopla, which you do with a library card. A lot of the major library systems have a deal with Hoopla uh, and they have a deal with other digital. There's a lot of digital online libraries. You can check things out with Hoopla. You can borrow with Hoopla. You can borrow up to 15 titles a month and that can be eBooks, movies, audiobooks, records, or comic books, including graphic novels. And just so happens, DC Comics has a day and date deal with Hoopla for the digital editions of their graphic novels. So when, a, col- so when a collection comes out, you don't have to wait. They also have a massive catalog of IDW and a lot of Marvel, no, no day and date deal, a lot of Image, I've read all of the crossover Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman comics that way, 
And I've read a lot of, you know, I, I finished off Brian K. Vaughn's uh, Paper Girls that way. Um, there's there's a bunch, you know. Want to want to want to catch up on Stray Bullets because you never did it. It's in there. Um, it is a smorgasbord, and you want to do Yosagi Yojimbo? It's up in there. You want to do Lone Wolf and Club Cub? You're welcome to it. Um, it that is sounds lovely. It is fantastic. And it has a really good iPad app, a really Excellent. good iPad app. It also works on your laptop and, you know, technically it works on your phone, but reading comics on your phone is stupid. One of the things in there, um, and I can't remember which publisher, it's one of the smaller publishers um, has the Robotech license right now. And oh. I mean, Robotech, oof, that's mired in all sorts of stuff. Um, one of the... One of the things is actually really interesting is the novels that were done, uh, which retold the series and then also continued the series uh, past the point of when the series was ended. And there were a few novels that covered uh, what was going to be the sequel uh, to Robotech, Robotech 2, The Sentinels. Those were written under a pen name, I believe it was Jack McKinley. Uh, and that was a pen name of Brian Daly and James Luceno. Brian Daly, who wrote the Han Solo novels. Really? Back at, mm -hmm. I remember them well. And James Luceno, who, you know, and, and, and Brian, Brian passed, I think, in the, in the mid-late 90s. James Luceno would go on to write a lot of Star Wars novels in, in, for Del Rey uh, in the second Del Rey era. Also, I think he wrote some during the Bantam era. era. Um, so, like, the Tarkin novel that is, that is, that is canon right now that was a james luceno piece um the adaptation of revenge of the sith and and some other stuff during the clone war era all james luceno and they wrote all of those uh novel adaptations and did a very the the end the last novel they did was called end of the cycle it was the only one i read and in that one basically they do a mobius loop and the characters are on, you know, Zor's flagship, you know, late in the game, in the timeline, and they wind up going back mm -hmm. and everything becomes a goddamn loop, which at the time I was mm. super enamored of because I read it when I was like 19. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. That was it, all very new back then. Yeah, super new. Uh, and then um, so, and then now I'm just kind of standing. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of like a little bit of eye roll, but... The comics, um, a few years ago, they did decide to do like a, a, a reboot of the series and they decided to like mess around with the stuff. So it wasn't a straight retelling. It started in Macross, uh -huh. but they decided to move some things around and some things were retold and some things were new. So like, you know, Global dies like pretty early on and... It's all kind Does of Lisa take command and Lisa takes command and it's all kind of something. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. But like, but it's not, it doesn't entirely work. And the funky thing is like Brian Wood, uh, yeah. Who, who wrote, uh, DMZ and a few uh -huh, other things uh -huh. in Northlanders. And also like, there's some, you know, clouds over Brian Wood. Um, Brian Wood was the first writer and then, and then his, his, wow. I think the cloud over him got too big. And then Simon Furman, 
who wrote Transformers for like a generation, the Transformers comics, he took over for a while. Uh, and I think he might have closed out the this, this series. Uh, but then at the end of the series, I'm just going to full spoiler here, they do a weird thing and they bring in that idea that time travel is possible. And they basically, and like Dana Sterling shows up early because she's she's like in cryo in the SDF-1 had it been sent back and the timeline breaks down. And now they're doing a series called Robotech Remix and an adult Dana's running around at a time when like her friends from Southern Cross are all children. And hmm. Max and and she's like living, she's like basically Miria's roommate and like Max and Miria aren't together because they fucking hate each other. Um, and it's, so it's, it's actually like weird and strange. Oh, and Max. it is, Max is always, my and it favorite. is very much not, they're like, we're not retelling the story, but this is also kind of a sequel while not being a sequel. And we're oh. just going strange and it's like, okay, go strange. Um, so they can also go strange they can play with all the toys at once. So they're like, mm -hmm. they've got, they've got Rick. They've got Max, they've got Dana, they've got the Invid. Wow. They're playing with everything. And there's All a little right. bit of like, why shouldn't you? You know? Because right. um, those, the, the Robotech toys, the characters are a lot of fun to play with. And, yeah, and, for it's sure. just, and there's, there's some of that, there's that spirit like the, in that, you know, Disney Disney afternoon spirit that DuckTales have of like, oh, let's, let's get all the toys and, and, and you know, make them play together. Right. That's what's going on in, in the book. But, you know, in, in that classic Robotech soap opera way. Right. Like that right, was the thing right. about Robotech. It was a soap opera. Right. Which I think which I think for a for. I think that was really my bridge into mm -hmm. comic books, especially the Marv Wolfman, Chris Claremont stuff, which really crystallized the mm. the 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 eight late eight the eighties late eighties comic book as soap opera thing. Yeah. And that's, I think what people overlook about comic books. It's funny because it is so clearly what the Marvel formula, the Marvel movie formula gets so right. Right. Uh, and, and everyone ignores it because they think it's, it's the action. It's the action. A lot of the action in oh, the non Russo brother, man, movie, I Marvel movies. I remember reading, I don't know why I read this, but I remember reading in the comments section on, man, some video platform, someone was commenting, someone was trying, was commenting on the CW Arrowverse. Huh. And because someone was, at, oh, I think it was like in a, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was in response to someone saying, hey, I love the MCU. What other superhero stuff should I see? And someone recommended the Arrowverse. And then someone else commented and said, look, you should know that the Arrowverse shows really aren't action shows. They're really just soap operas with superheroes. So you should know <laughs> that going in. They're not really action-based like the Marvel movies. And I remember thinking... You don't know why the Marvel movies work, do you? Yeah. You don't, yeah, you, you don't really know. 
you don't you don't know what's what you're what you're talking about literally at all you know like the marvel movies work i mean and the real i just i decided to like watch the last hour of endgame the other day because again disney plus it has everything moly. Yeah. Uh, and also, that's a three-hour-long movie, and so I just I skipped. I watched the beginning for some reason. I watched the beginning. I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. And then these moods now descend on my. I'm just like, I want to see this part. And then I decided to like jump forward and like watch the end because I wanted to see the big battle. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I know what it was because there was that that video clip was circulating around of the audience losing their shit when uh, Steve picked up the hammer. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to watch that again, but I also want to watch Thanos get killed. So like, I literally, I just, I, I skipped over all the parts of the movie that I didn't really care for. And I made, I still made an hour and a half long movie, um, which is what's crazy. Um, and, you know, like the whole emotional punch is, you know, Steve, even though it makes no sense whatsoever, Steve gets to spend, you know, the rest of his life with Peggy, right? Mm-hmm. That's a soap opera move. That is a full on soap opera move. Right. And yeah. and like, well, and that's the other, and, and think about and the legacy of the CW shows. Like, why are the, why is the Arrowverse the way the Arrowverse is? Well, because of Buffy, Buffy, yep. which was action soap opera. And indeed, you know, there's something very. Yeah, there's something very Buffy like about DuckTales. And I think you'll over the next huh. few episodes you'll start to grok but okay. I, I would venture right. i want i want to put a pin in this i want i want us at the end of this season to discuss the structure of a season of ducktales and compare it to a season of buffy uh i can have that conversation good all right cuz that's a conversation we're going to have excellent on that note given that we've covered large chunks of our childhood and uh, <laughs> how about we do this uh, since this is not a no proscenium or whatnot. Um, what's your, aside from the things we've talked about, uh-huh. what is, what is a, a, a character? What is, it doesn't have to be character beat. Cause I've got something, I've got something in mind I want to share. And, and so I will be able to go for a scene too. So think about this for a second. Um, What's something that surprised you other than the things we've already talked about in these first three episodes? Some element that that made you go that even it might have even like, you know, occurred as an afterthought. Do you have anything? Hmm. I I think that aside from uh, the biggest thing for me is Donald Duck. Yeah. Um, we already talked about that. I think the thing that's occurring to me right now, I think Donald Duck, um, the way that Scrooge McDuck's wealth is being approached. And, but the thing that's occurring to me right now is the way that the, the distinguishing characteristic of Dewey seems to be that he is the most emotionally sensitive or something. Um, of, did you, which, which, and which that, of the brothers did you say? Did you say, did you say Huey? Uh, Dewey. 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 Dewey's the, the most one. emotionally sensitive. The middle kid. Yeah. 
and I don't know. I found it. I found it touching. I found it touching. Um, okay. That's the thing that occurred to me uh, in the moment. So, so you're gonna be you're gonna be a bit focused on Duford for a bit. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and is I I'm, forgive me. I saw, I saw the Atlantis one a few days ago. Is is Dewey the one that that gets the reveal of the painting where his mother is in the painting? Yes. And he goes, "Mom." Okay. Yes. Yeah. Dewey is the one who sees the image of Della. Okay. Um, and Dewey's. Dewey's also the one in that episode. He's the one who's accompanying Scrooge. Uh, okay. And also the one who's like upset that Scrooge doesn't remember his name. You know, the blue That's one. exactly right. Sunny That's Jack, exactly right. right. Yep. You know, he's not interchangeable. Yep. Um, my thing, which is going to be left field, something I realized today while watching uh, Day Trip of Doom is that, and this is disturbing me. I'm sitting with this right now and it's disturbing me slightly. Webby reminds me of one of my exes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that like super self awkwardness. And it was specifically like the bus when like, you know, like Dewey lays it down for her. It's like, don't uh-huh. look at anyone. Don't touch anyone. Don't, you know, do this. Don't lick anything. And she instantly goes, even to the point of licking, go, almost licking you know, something, right? That 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 sequence was very funny. The tongue going towards the um, the pole was in in the time of the coronavirus. <laughs> it, it was shiver inducing. Oh yeah, no, super, uh, super shiver inducing. Um, that 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 like. That just like unbridled enthusiasm and pure awkwardness reminded me a lot of one of my exes, who who I still like. I, I have fond fond memories of, right? You know, it's not like a this isn't this isn't a problematic thing, at, you know, beyond beyond being able to see like see the people in your life in the form of anthropomorphic ducks. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's weird. Oh, and and something I noticed on my rewatch. This is just a grace note. Uh, the opening shot of the of the real first episode is that seagull like flying, you know, through the clouds, mm-hmm. and then past those three boats, each of which has an anthropomorphic seagull on it, who screeches at the real <laughs> seagull away. <laughs> And it's one of those things where, like, you watch it the first time, and it's like, whatever, whatever, you know, cool, cool, uh-huh, shot. And then you come back, and you're like, oh, my God, they're, these are comic, yeah. these are these are cartoon jokes. Yes. Right? These are, these are yes. much like the, the sequence with Donald on the boat. This is, this is, this is cartoon humor, which is something yeah. that wasn't really in, from my memories of, uh, it's not really in my memories of the 87 series, Right. Like, this is a this yeah. Is a, I mean, the one the one episode I watched, it really it it definitely did not have those pure comic, sometime throwaway or sometime um, brief internal sequences that could you know otherwise be taken away. But there were just these great, very comic sequences. Yeah, I mean, in that one episode, I didn't see one of those. Yeah. I don't think it's worth it for us to like plunge too deep into the old show. Um, 
Although maybe when we get, maybe when you, you get, come across Goldie and maybe a couple other things might be worth, and maybe even apparently Bubba Duck shows up in season two of this one. And so maybe we'll torture ourselves with the original Bubba Duck. I mean, I, I don't feel much motivation to do that. I was just really curious to watch that first, that first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, your assignment is definitely... Two. Let's see. Do the episode one. Okay. So yeah. So do two, three. Do two, three, and six. Two, yeah. three, and six. Because yeah, because four and five is okay. Yeah. So oh two, right. Three, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. These do two, Done. three, and six. Do the next three. Excellent. And then we'll find some. We'll find a time to 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 talk, and I'll figure out the rest. And we'll just, sure, sure. I'm just going to store these like they're gold. Um, <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll swim around to them like a porpoise. Okay. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode, which features the tracks Battle of the Pogs, The Adventure, and Dance Contest to the Music from the album Poopy's Incredible Adventures by Kumiku via the Free Music Archive and used under a Creative Commons license. Check out more at freemusicarchive.org. If you're just discovering this feed, we've got hundreds of episodes about everything immersive and a whole website, No Proscenium, that's dedicated to just that, all of which is made possible by our Patreon backers. Follow us at No Proscenium on Twitter and Facebook and learn how to support our work at patreon.com slash noprosinium. Until next time, remember, any crash you can walk away from 